Hello and welcome to Adrian Goldberg's talk show, the world's most eclectic podcast. Politics, entertainment, sport, investigations, whatever takes my fancy. This time, David Gleave talking about a book he co-wrote with Bill Hearn called Football's Black Pioneers, the ideal Christmas stocking filler, as they say. David Gleave, how are you doing? You all right? Yeah, I'm fine, thank you. Nice to be with you, Adrian. Yeah, likewise, David. Now, David, I've had a real good look through Football's Black Pioneers, and it's an amazingly simple but brilliant concept going through all of the 92 current clubs in the Football League and the Premier League and identifying who was the first black player at each of those clubs. How long has that taken you to put together? Uh, well, we started work on it four years ago, so it was autumn 2016. It took almost four years to the day to get it written. Uh, and it was Bill's idea. I have to give him credit for that. Um, he and I had been working together on a previous project to do with black soldiers who served in the British Army during World War One, And we were winding down on that, and he said to me one day, I've had this idea for a book about the first black player at each of the 92 clubs. And my immediate reaction was, that's a brilliant idea, but it sounds like ever such a lot of hard work. And four years later, I I think I was right on both counts. I do think it was a very good idea. And it certainly was a lot of hard work. But I'm very proud of what we produced. I think it was well worth the effort. It's interesting you mentioned that book about black World War I soldiers and the book about football's black pioneers. What's your interest in black history? Uh, Well, I think Bill and I are both interested in black history. My specific interest is that my wife is black and we've got three mixed heritage children. And I think she and I were always aware of the fact that they would never get any black history taught to them in school. And if we wanted them to learn about the black side of their heritage, we would have to be responsible for it. So prompted by her, I've taken a sort of very close interest in black history for the last 35 or so years, to be honest. And this book is just part of that is a continuation of it, really. Mm. Well, I'm very lucky. I'm a West Bromwich Albion fan, so I witnessed black history, really, with the three players known as the Three Degrees, Brendan Batson, Laurie Cunningham, Cyril Regis at my club at West Brom in the late 70s. And that's unquestionably a, a chapter of social change, of social progress in this country. You're a Crystal Palace fan. What can you remember of the history of black players at your club? Well, I mean, to be honest, when I first had this idea, I, I said to Bill, OK, I'll take the Crystal Palace chapter and I'll see what I can find out about our black player. And I couldn't remember anybody much before Vince Hilaire, to be honest, who was a great player. Sort of silky inside forward, wasn't he? Great player. A little bit in the Laurie Cunningham mode and not as good as Laurie Cunningham, but in that kind of mode. And I went to the Palace Forum and I said, look, um, who do you reckon the black, first black player was? And you know, quite a few people did go for Vince Hilaire. But then there were one or two old hands on the forum and they said, oh, no, no, no. There was this bloke called Tony Collins who was predated Vince Hilaire by quite a bit. Uh, so I delved into Tony Collins and it became evident that he was indeed their first black player. One of the people on the forum said, I actually interviewed uh, Tony for our podcast, Palace podcast. And when I put put it to him, you were Palace's first black player, Tony Collins rather threw me by saying, no, I wasn't. Uh, <laughs> And he was so taken aback by this answer that he forgot to ask the obvious question, well, if you weren't, who was? But uh, I don't think there's any doubt that he was. I've been in touch with Tony Collins' daughter, and she says, look, my dad didn't like to be defined by the colour of his skin. As far as he was concerned, he wanted to be remembered as a good footballer, not as a black footballer. So that would be why he said, no, I wasn't the first black player. He wanted to play down the colour of his skin, which is fair enough, I suppose. But we have established, I think, pretty much beyond doubt that he was Palace's first black player. And that was in uh, 1957. 
he played for Palace. Yeah, well, I'm sure there are loads of stories out there, aren't there, like that, of players who were now forgotten, but who were significant players. And whether whether they like it or not, I think given the social history of this country, an imperial nation, which sadly, in some cases, subjugated people of colour all around the world, every black player making their first appearance for any of these clubs was making a statement, even if they didn't want to. Um, they were. And I mean, I, some of the players that we found were quite well-known names. I mean, people like Chris Kamara, for instance, at Swindon. Um, but some of them were absolutely obscure names that you would never have heard of. I mean, Tony Collins, I followed his career around the clubs, and he was the first black player at several. I followed him to Rochdale, which is where he ended up his playing days. And I confidently expected him to be the first black player at Rochdale. But I got in touch with the fans forum there. And again, somebody came on and said, actually, no, there was somebody before Tony Collins. And it was a guy called Calvin Simons, who played for us you know, a few years before Tony. And Calvin Simons is one of those players who, were it not for the book, would have absolutely vanished into obscurity because he only played one game for Rochdale. It was away at Barrow. Not the most romantic uh, places to make your run in any appearance. But, I mean, you, know, you only have to play one game to be a first black player. And Calvin is still alive. He lives in Bermuda, and I've had the pleasure of talking to him over the phone in Bermuda. I'm still waiting for my invite to go and visit him, but hasn't materialised yet, unfortunately. <laughs> He's probably... I would say the most obscure person in the book in terms of uh, who would remember him. I think it's probably three or four people in Rochdale who remember him. And that's about it. And that's what that's really one of when Bill and I talked about this book, one of the things we said was if we don't do a book like this soon, some of these people are just going to disappear from the history books altogether because the people who do remember them will will die and there'll be nobody around that remembers these players played for their clubs. 40, 50 years ago. When many clubs had their first black players would have been the, the 70s and the 80s. That's true. But the point I was going to make was that actually some clubs had their first black player in the 1800s. The name of Arthur Wharton is quite well known to people who are familiar with sort of black football history. He was the first black player. He played for Preston North End in the FA Cup, even before the Football League was formed. Um, so Arthur Wharton is the, the, the first of the first black players, but he was followed by players like Willie Clark, who is very little known and a particular favourite of Bill's is Willie. Willie was a Scot who came down and played for Bristol Rovers, I think, then moved on to Aston Villa, who at that time were one of the biggest clubs. Uh, you know, I'm sorry, I shouldn't say this to you, should I, as an Albion fan, but Please don't. at the time <laughs> they were one of the best clubs in the world. Willie Gibb Clark was uh, uh, one of the very first, and he was the first person to score a goal in the English Football League. He did that on Christmas Day uh, 1901, I think it was. So the history of black players in the Football League, every decade of the Football League, you have had at least one black player playing for somebody somewhere in the country. Um, so it's not just about the 70s and 80s. It's not just about the Windrush generation. I think what the, what the book has demonstrated and I think what surprised us a lot was the diversity of the stories and the, the span of the history of it all. That did catch us unawares. I think that this book captures the essence of the black British presence in Britain right back for the last 130 years. You, you've got a story for every decade and they're all different. And we know from personal experience that the 70s and 80s were a period when sadly a lot of black players had to suffer awful racial abuse. Was that always the case going back through the decades or were there gentler, kinder times? There were definitely kinder times. It depends what you mean. I mean, uh, Walter Tull is a famous example. 
he was subject to really, really unpleasant racist abuse in an away game at Bristol City. Uh, and the speculation is the Tottenham hierarchy were very uncomfortable having Walter playing for them and were really none too sad when he when they were able to shift him off to Northampton Town. He only played, I think, about 10 games for Tottenham before they moved him on. And he had a decent record with Tottenham, but as I say, the, the feeling is that the Tottenham hierarchy weren't comfortable having him around. Um, so there was he certainly experienced a, a direct abuse. But I think in the in those decades, the forties, the fifties, people were definitely subject to racism, but perhaps not as virulent and as hostile as the players of the seventies and eighties experienced. I know one character you cover in your book is a. Uh a guy who I once saw performing a live set as a comedian, a guy called Charlie Williams. He was on the TV show, which older yeah. listeners may remember from the 70s, called The Comedians. And I was with a friend in Bailden in Yorkshire, and it was, of all things, Ladies' Day or Guest Day, kid you not, where my friend took me along as her guest, which was weird enough to be going to a Masonic Lodge for a social evening. And then the entertainment was provided by Charlie Williams, who, as people may know, made a career, really, out of telling self-denigrating jokes, jokes which I think now we would consider to be racist, even though they were made by a black man about black people. Uh, exactly, and I, mean, I think I think Lenny Henry has d- talked about the same sort of thing. I think Len- when Lenny Henry was first making his name, he he ploughed a similar furrow. I mean, Charlie Williams is very interesting. Bill and I knew a little bit about Charlie Williams' father from our work on the Black Soldiers in World War One, because Charlie Williams' dad served during World War One, and for reasons that we could never work out, s- settled in a very obscure village in Yorkshire, where he was the only black man in Yorkshire. Uh, and Charlie Williams Jr. was the only um, child in school at, at Yorkshire. Bill found a very poignant school photo, uh, which showed Charlie Williams looking very lonely. And I think a, a lot of people in that situation tended to sort of overcome the loneliness or the hostility that they may have faced by getting people to laugh. And Charlie Williams was probably one of those. And yes, in order to do that, they had to tell jokes at their own expense. He wasn't alone in doing that. But, I mean, he had a pretty decent career as a no-nonsense centre-back. An interesting character. As you say, I think in those days, perhaps black people, if they wanted to pursue a career in comedy or even in football, they had to sometimes tell jokes at their own expense or, in in the case of football, was simply put up with some of the most horrible abuse that would not be tolerated at all today and wouldn't be considered at all reasonable. I don't tell that story with any side to to Charlie Williams. He was obviously having to negotiate a very difficult set of circumstances and did it the best way he knew how. What's really interesting is the incredibly quick progress that has been made in relatively in a relatively short period of time. So that in the Premier League, I think as many as one in four footballers, it may even be a higher percentage, is non-white. You've got so many England internationals now who are black. I'm not suggesting for a moment that we're anywhere near where we ought to be with any of this stuff, but significant progress, I think, if you look at the long view, feels as though it's been made. That is true. And I mean, I think the authorities now are much, much more likely to back the players than they ever were in the past. And that is definite progress. You only have to look at sort of the situation with England internationals, where uh, the, the FA were supportive of 
players threatening to walk off the field during international matches. You still have the situation where these sorts of things, we shouldn't be having these conversations. It shouldn't even arise. As you've said, if it does arise now, at least the authorities are backing the players up. And that never happened in the past. I mean, I know that Bill talked to Viv Anderson and he said to, he said to Viv Anderson, you know, did you ever think of walking off? Uh, and Viv Anderson said, if I'd walked off, mate, I'd have been out of a job and looking for a new job on Monday. I wanted to be a footballer. If I wanted a career in football, I had to grin and bear it. I had to get on with it. Uh, the, the authorities gave players no protection at all and even the clubs if if a player had complained to them or threatened to walk off the pitch they wouldn't have supported them and that has changed considerably and that's definitely to the good yeah well england have just fielded their 100th black player yeah and all of those 100 have played for england since 1978 when viv anderson was the first. I think it was Reese James. It was the 100th. So that's probably a good point on which to end. But listen, David, it's a, it's a really great book. It's one of those books that you might have by your bed or, dare I say, in the loo, dip into it because there's every chapter is different and tells a different story. Football's Black Pioneers. Thanks very much indeed for joining us. Thank you.